Hello and welcome to Conversations in Clean Tech, the podcast that celebrates the clean tech industry and the people that power it, brought to you by Brightsmith. I'm your host, Jenny Gladman, and in this sixth season, we delve deeper into the world of clean tech startups and their founders, from inspiring stories and words of wisdom to the toughest challenges. You can expect to learn about how these pioneering startups and the founders at their helm are propelling us towards a cleaner, greener tomorrow. In addition, they'll be offering you timeless teachings to enlighten, engage, and inspire everyone, everywhere to live their purpose. So today's guest is the CEO of an extremely interesting Netherlands-based hydrogen startup, Hyatt Hydrogen. Maria Fennis has been working in the renewable space since 2012 and has a large affinity for new technologies, innovative business ideas. She's a true motivator, team player, and has an innate ability to see the bigger picture. Following her bachelor's in chemistry, a master's in science and business, Maria jumped into a career in renewables and hydrogen and hasn't looked back since. Now at the helm of Hyatt Hydrogen, she's on a really exciting journey to grow the business and push for change on a global scale. So Maria, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Happy to be here. (laughs) Can I hand to you to tell our listeners a bit more about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, you already gave a very good introduction, but uh, yeah, so Maria Fennis, CEO of Hyatt Hydrogen, uh, background in chemistry and really worked in renewable technology development throughout my whole career. So I actually first started uh, at Hyatt Solar, really doing hands-on product development. So testing and optimizing things in the laboratories, tra- translating that really to the big machines. So really do test runs there as well. Uh, so I worked there for three years under the, the wings of the CTO. Uh, Edward Hammers, he still remains in the company. Um, then afterwards, I did indeed a master of science and business management. Uh, as I thought, it's very nice. You can develop a nice product, but how do you really put it into the market? So uh, you have strategy going in there, uh, raising funding, uh, but also uh, building the team uh, and really making the, making the product and also make sure it enters the market. Because uh, especially in the hydrogen business, uh, we're developing a lot of cool things. But it's quite hard to uh, really roll them out uh, and uh, and get really the confidence also on the on the newer technologies. And after that master, I yeah I worked at company uh, in fuel cells, so at Netstack. That's where I really uh, got in contact with hydrogen for the first time. And actually after that, I uh, I got a position offered at Hyatt Hydrogen. So I really started as a general manager alongside uh, Rombout, then still the CEO. So really had a had a great mentorship. Uh, during that journey. And after one year, I was able to take over the position as CEO, uh, running the company now for four years. Went to quite a growth uh, phase, uh, so really exciting. And uh, yeah, also the hydrogen business, eh? it's it's moving in all different directions uh, where you can first start with really high pressure development, high, high pressure hydrogen. We see it also shifting more in the in the lower pressure and really large scale. So uh, yeah, it's quite uh, quite dynamic and interesting, I must say. And I really enjoy it. Good. I think that's one of the most important things and a lot of people forget about it looking at their careers, but being happy is uh, often, I think, the key to success. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) And going a bit deeper into um, who Hyatt Hydrogen are and and what you do, what the mission is, for those of the listeners that haven't come across Hyatt Hydrogen, can you share the, the vision of the company, the mission, where you're headed, what you make? So um, 
Hyde Hydrogen is doing uh, electrochemical processing equipment. So we actually have an electrochemical compressor uh, that can be used to compress hydrogen. So I think uh, now a critical issue is how you get really the hydrogen from uh, the point where you make it to the point where you need it uh, at an affordable cost. Uh, so we are really in the um, how do you call it storage and distribution of hydrogen. So where I mentioned we can compress it from lower to higher pressure, so we can go up to 500 or 900 bars of outlet pressure, and the inlet pressure can really vary from 0.5 to uh, yeah the, the pressure range that you would like to have if you want to connect it to the hydrogen uh, generation equipment. So that's really on the compression side. Uh, we also have extraction uh, technology. So if you have a mixed hydrogen stream, uh, so hydrogen-nitrogen, but also hydrogen and natural gas, uh, we actually can separate the stream uh, and extract the hydrogen because the membrane is only selective uh, for hydrogen. So then again, you can use the existing pipelines, for instance, uh, blend in the natural gas or the hydrogen, I mean, and then extract it at a location uh, where you actually need it. Uh, so you use the existing pipeline as storage, but also as distribution center. So we actually just got awarded a very big project in uh, the UK with national gas and, uh, and DMV and Element 2. So really excited. Uh, that's going to start uh, on the, the kickoff is going to be on the 13th of September. So that is where we're actually going to demonstrate on large scale uh, the extraction of hydrogen uh, from the, the blended natural gas. And also then have, a, how do you call it, a purification and compression step behind it, because it's important that the hydrogen that goes into the car for refueling uh, has the right purity. So with our compressor, we can also purify uh, the hydrogen. So you have actually three uh, products, I would say. You have the compression, it's only compression of pure hydrogen. You have the extraction, which is often a, a mixed gas stream where there's like 50% hydrogen and maybe 50% uh, nitrogen or then the 10% hydrogen in uh, what is it, the natural gas, uh, but also the, the purification and the compression in one. So then you often have around 99.5% pure hydrogen and then there are some contaminants in there that needs to be uh, taken out. And then you can also compress it to uh, the pressure you would like. And in the end, it's, um, a, yeah, it's a key part, I would say, for the infrastructure. Uh, because often uh, everyone thinks about generating the hydrogen, uh, but not really how you can actually get it to the location where you uh, need it. So where we can really play a big role is uh, at the location where you generate the hydrogen, so hydrogen production via electrolysis, uh, but also at a location where you have, for instance, hydrogen as a, an off-gas, so it's going to be vented or burned. Uh, we could also purify that, and then it can be used back in the proce process or purify and then compress it on the location, and then you can maybe use it for other purposes. So it's it's actually a really cool uh, product, I would say. And obviously, you 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 had the journey you talked about to go from working in solar and product through the kind of business and and learning the commercial aspect, um, and now four years as CEO. So how has how has that journey been? I think that's something that fascinates a lot of people. That you know, being at the helm of a business, the, there's a lot of weight on your shoulders. But talk talk to me about the journey that, that you've had over those four years and what that feels like. I was relatively young when I, uh, I joined Hyatt. So I think I was still 29 coming in that position. And me actually having the opportunity to have the mentor really directly next to me uh, and learn from him in this uh, job uh, really yeah, had my growth curve go insane. So I learned a lot in a very short time from uh, raising money uh, for the two companies. Uh, yeah, but with the whole due diligence process that comes with it. 
then closing it, then afterwards also having the feeling like, hey, I think we we got the deal, but then you you fall in a kind of black hole because it was so busy. So also then uh, make sure you have a holiday plan directly after because else it just feels weird. So that was interesting. And then that process where you have indeed uh, doing the contracts with uh, with the legal representatives also of the other company and then really going uh, yeah neck to neck, how you can uh, accept certain terms uh, and maybe others you cannot and how it all comes together. That was uh, I found that really exciting and that together, of course, with all the discussions you have with the potential uh, investors, the dialogue, but also yeah, motivating your, uh, how do you call it? promoting your company, showing what you have, uh, the team, of course, and building the team. I like that uh, also a lot. So really finding the right people for the, for the job and really creating yeah, a kind of family or friendship uh, amongst uh, the colleagues. So if I look at all the colleagues, they're friends also outside of the office. They go on holiday together. I'm, of course, the boss, so I'm, I'm often not invited, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then I host, host some drinks for the office, and then I, I also get to meet them. No, no so that is something I'm, I'm really proud of, that we created that kind of uh, yeah, culture and environment. Yeah, so it's, it's very easygoing. Besides that, uh, yeah, also learning how maybe sometimes need to let someone go. Uh, I found an experience where, uh, yeah, I really needed to learn how you do such a conversation because yeah, often I, uh, I want to be kind, but then, yeah, sometimes you cannot always be kind. <laughs> but in the end, I think if you do it all in the, in the right way, in a respectful manner, um, you, can, uh, you can get uh, yeah, anywhere uh, you want. So I think that's for me really the basis in uh, in my whole career make sure you do it respectfully and uh, and communicate nicely about it uh, and make sure you you keep everyone on uh, on board because then uh, yeah you can always look yourself uh, in the mirror and be happy definitely and i don't think there's a ceo out there that will tell you it's an easy job it's it's you know one of if not the, the most difficult job but yet perhaps the most rewarding job as well because you really get to to see the the outcome of all of the work that you've done and obviously seeing Hyatt's success so far must feel must feel great yeah yeah for sure and also the the people being successful in it eh? so we've been now there for I think the company was founded in 2009 so we've been there for a while uh, and really now at the moment of uh, of yeah the passing the certification and really rolling our products out in the market so we have a few uh, colleagues that are already 10 years in the business. So they are super excited. So that's really cool to see where, uh, yeah, you worked on it so hard and now you have the first product release and you see really the markets coming uh, and the interest for the, for the product. So uh, yeah, it's really exciting times. We're really on that uh, tipping point. You have that nice hockey stick always. Eh? So in all the business plans, well, I have the feeling we're, we're, we're there now. Yeah, it's cool. Good. And you talk about that tipping point and actually it comes up um, a lot on this podcast, particularly in hydrogen at the moment. So I talk to guests across different areas of clean tech and clean energy. But I think for the for the last few months, it's come up a lot, that tipping point of the hydrogen industry. And we're just seeing so much activity in it. Um, and how is like, you know, from your perspective, from sitting right at the heart of the industry, what does the next year or two look like for the hydrogen space? Oh, that's uh, an interesting question because it has been uh, yeah, going uh, in all sorts of directions. What is really required is uh, making sure we have a good policy because what and really long term policy. So what I see, especially in the Netherlands, is that often it's not, how do you call it, pursued in the, in the right way. 
or uh, with the right motivation. So uh, I know, uh, what was it, a few years ago, it was like, no, we don't have an overshot of uh, renewable power. It doesn't make sense to make green hydrogen from that. And now if you look at it, well, we actually have a big overshoot, but we didn't really focus on getting the, the green uh, hydrogen production uh, on track because everyone's like, yeah, maybe we go that way. So yeah, I, I always have a bit the feeling that we do things a little bit too late. <laughs> But I, I really now uh, feel that there is uh, really a push coming, but uh, especially for processes that have hydrogen at their, uh, yeah, released at their process. So really the purification and then doing something with that hydrogen afterwards, as that is from existing processes. So refineries and all other applications where there's already something happening where there is hydrogen, which could maybe be reused. So also for the semicon market, uh, that's really the hydrogen-nitrogen uh, separation, where the hydrogen just needs to have a very high purity to go back in the process. So they're still a bit hesitant to do it in that way, but they do want to pour it uh, and maybe then, um, how do you call it, put it back into renewable power with, uh, with a fuel cell. So you see the, the energy storage uh, and really the yeah, more the decentralized options coming forward. So the products we're going to release now are really for the building heat and, uh, and power market. So that's often where you have renewable power. So often uh, solar cells, and then you have uh, electrolyzer, uh, then you have our compressor, then you have some storage and then a fuel cell, uh, then also a heat pump. And actually those solutions are then being installed at hotels, uh, but also uh, big villas or more like uh, a neighborhood level. So you see everyone wanted to be more independent of the grid and i think almost all new builds needs to be uh, fully uh, renewable so there's a, a big push on that for those kind of uh, energy storage uh, systems so that is that is really cool picking up now where they really like our compressor because it's silent and it has no moving parts so they even uh, want to put it inside the house instead of the compressor now being outside the house with with the storage so in the end it also makes the whole system uh, yeah more uh, more efficient so that's uh, that's a really cool um, product coming out soon i'm thinking about um people in the sector because i think no sector progresses without people doing great things who in the sector have you really admired and and thinks doing some amazing work that's a good question i often look at uh, a bit my company and some other companies what uh, what they're doing but i think inaptor is doing a really cool job so really with their uh, electrolyzer so that's also why we are connected directly to the inaptor so we get a lot of requests from the from our customers, partners stating like, hey, we we would like to have a compressor. Uh, well, in after I think outputs around 25, 30 bars, and it can actually go directly into our compressor because we use humidified hydrogen. So I really think it's cool how they, uh, yeah, really ramped up their manufacturing capacity in uh, in such a yeah, short time. I think the knowledge institutes are also doing a really cool job in the studies and the, the new developments. So that's also how we work at Hyatt Hydrogen, but also the other companies in the Hyatt group, is we try to leverage key developments in academics and then uh, use that in our products to actually improve our products. So that's also a way to attract new talent. Uh, so from uh, academia that say, well, uh, I actually want to work in industry. Well, then if they already worked on a project uh, with us via the university, it's, it's very nice then to uh, to jump over. So so that is a, a really really cool, I would say. And I think quite forward thinking because when you have a sector that's growing exponentially, the one of the biggest battles is often the talent and the people that understand the sector. So putting back into 
people who are still in academia and, and perhaps earlier in their career or not even started their kind of career in industry is fantastic because it's bringing more and more people into the sector with some knowledge, which I think is is fundamental. There's a lot of people who transition from other sectors, but getting people who are eager and um, early in their career and ready to start out in a sector, they've often got new ideas that people haven't had before. So I think that's that's fantastic. And speaking of Anapta, the lovely Vitea was also on this show a number of seasons ago. So uh, we will give her a shout out in the show notes. But um, I couldn't agree more. What they've done is really incredible in taking an idea and making it something that's so huge. So everyone is using Anapta nowadays, at least the ones that come to us for the compressor. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic. Um, and uh, another business with a with a brilliant woman at the helm. So, yeah, they've got a, a great founding team, but I think she's uh, extremely impressive too. So it's always nice to see. And I guess looking at the challenges of the business, so we talked about, I guess, some of the positives of being a CEO and some of the challenges, but a fast-growing business. Um, we just touched on talent, but I think people is often one of the hardest challenges, both finding them and then retaining them and making sure they're doing what they should be doing. How have you found that learning curve? Well, that's actually a, a very interesting question because especially in the more like the technical field, you have a lot of uh, yeah men <laughs> in the business. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so also uh, the, especially the technical uh, oriented uh, guys are, uh, yeah, often have a very straight yeah, straight vision on uh, how they want to go. Don't get sidetracked that uh, that easily. So uh, yeah, it was for me really an experience. Like, okay, in, in what way can you uh, motivate them in in really getting the the product under development and also making sure they uh, keep the the enthusiasm because uh, yeah, they want to do fun things. Uh, so doing something repetitive often is a bit boring. <laughs> So really making sure you keep that dynamics and, uh, and the variation in the in their jobs was uh, was really a, a challenge. Uh, and uh, I also have a very young team. I think um, most of the people are below thirty. Uh, so that also makes it quite a challenge uh, because they uh, they need to learn a bit more on the, on the processes. Uh, how do you professionalize the business? Uh, sometimes a bit more structure, a bit more reporting. So it's often uh, the, the education that comes with it uh, in growing the people is also a challenge, but uh, everyone is really uh, yeah, accepting it and, uh, and wants the, the business to succeed. Uh, so that is, uh, that is often the common driver where everyone says, okay, if we need to do it this way, then, then we will go. So uh, it's really that team spirit that is very important in, uh, in making sure you can adapt uh, and also implement uh, new processes. And thinking a bit more about yourself, what lessons have you learned or what have you learned about yourself since you've been um, since you've been CEO and taken on that responsibility? Well, that you uh, always remain the boss. <laughs> and that was, I think, for me, maybe the, the hardest lesson in the beginning, because I'm uh, quite a people person, very social. So that was, for me, really challenging to accept that you are always the boss. Uh, and that's sometimes not really being a part uh, of the team because you are the boss. So that was for me really uh, yeah, hard to accept, especially in the first few years. But now I'm like, yeah, okay, I have the responsibility uh, for the business. Uh, I need to make sure it flourish uh, and that we grow and that we succeed. Uh, so then I often also need to do things that maybe the people do not like. So then uh, you don't always need to be liked, but you do do it in the right way. Uh, with communication but uh yeah so also 
communication. So how to communicate to your uh, your team was also a big uh, big learning point. So often, uh, yeah, use less words. <laughs> it could be better. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a I think it's an endless life lesson we continue to learn because no matter how much you feel like you've you've got it down a new situation arises that you've never dealt with before and you have to think how do I go about that and I think it's those moments it's good to have those mentors or peers that you can turn to sometimes outside of your organization to uh to get a little sanity check indeed yeah I um uh... Like once I started the, the job at uh, at Hyatt Hydrogen, I, I, had a, I had a coach. So uh, for me, it was really important that, okay, I'm going to take this leap. So I had, a, yeah, what was it? Four to five years work experience, maybe with my studies also included. And then I jumped to the role of general manager. So I, I was like, I, okay, I think I have the capabilities, but still I, I need to really grow into this role. So I also had the condition that uh, I would like to have a coach next to me or at least someone who could advise me and have reflection points. So that really uh, helped me through, uh, through my whole uh, growth phase. So sometimes you, you experience a situation in the office and because you never experienced it before, uh, because you, you really didn't have that experience before, it's good to reflect that with someone outside uh, of the business who can really give you that mirror and then uh, yeah give you also uh, more confidence in that you uh, you dealt with it in the right way but maybe the other person could have felt otherwise but for me it was really really important to have that uh, confirmation that the the management style or leadership skills I was developing or the soft skills that uh, it was also part of me so that's that I can always try to be someone else but uh, that that doesn't work. It's like you need to make sure you have your own, really your own character uh, and your own uh, own strength that you can put in the business and uh, and, and a lot of energy. So uh, always when I come in the office, uh, everyone says like, "Oh, Maria is there." I often make a lot of noise, but uh, at least they know I'm there. And so no, it's uh, it's I really uh, enjoy it, uh, and also the the people uh, with whom I work with. Yeah, I think that's a great thing, and and you touched on on two really important points there. I think having a coach is uh, is underrated. I've done it myself, and speaking to a lot of people in my day to day, but also on this show who have had coaches, I, I've never met anyone who's had a coach and not valued it. I think finding the right coach is important. And your second point there on being authentic to yourself is is so crucial. And I think it's one that people often struggle with if they take the reins from someone who's very different to themselves, because, you know, the very nature of, of people is we're all unique. So if you take over from someone who's very different, I guess there's something inside you that thinks maybe I should be more like them. But actually, it like you said, it never works. You need to be true to yourself. And there's always points you need to adapt for a situation. But if you are not being your authentic self, it's very difficult, I think, to to communicate in the right way and to gain the respect of your team. So, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, And then thinking about outside of work, because as we've talked about, it can be a stressful job running a business. Um, I mean, it's very rewarding, but it still comes with the the pressure. Um, How do you go about keeping that positive mindset and and maybe like you know a bit of downtime relaxation how do you how do you get there 
Yeah, so I run. <laughs> I think a lot of people that uh, that run businesses uh, also run uh, in the morning before they have an important meeting. So that's uh, that's really helping me in uh, clearing the mind. Uh, I have a, a very nice, cute dog who's actually sitting next to me and being very cute. So uh, that is also really uh, relaxing. So I really enjoy uh, walking him and uh, he gives me all the love and attention in the morning. Just a happy, jumpy dog uh, always make me uh, make me happy. And then uh, my partner who supports me uh, throughout uh, all the challenges in uh, in this position. So the flexibility he has given me uh, so far in the eight years we're together. It's, uh, yeah, that is, I think... Uh, what made it possible for me to uh, really do this job. So uh, often holidays are moved because of uh, yeah something in the business that has more urgency. Uh, but he's working for himself, uh, so he's uh, he's very flexible uh, in that point. So that uh, that has been also a very uh, yeah very big support. Uh, and uh, yeah, when we started dating, I think it was on the first date. He said, "Well, Maria, I think you're going to be a boss." And then I was just start studying, so he knew it already. So. I think I always come back to that point where I said, honey, well, you said it on our first date. I was going to be boss. So, yeah, now you also need to deal with it. <laughs> he obviously liked it. It's a long, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he liked it. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, yeah, and for the rest, I, I uh, live in a very nice place, a big garden. Uh, so really being uh, outside, uh, but also underwater uh, really clears uh, Here's the mind. So uh, whenever I'm on the water, I forget everything. Good. It's a good place to be on the water or under the water. They both have the same effect. <laughs> Brilliant. And then sort of rounding up the um, the conversation and just kind of thinking to the future for those listeners out there that are thinking about how could they be a part of tackling climate change. Um, and this doesn't necessarily have to align purely to hydrogen, but what would your advice to those people be? And kind of, you know, it's a, it's the biggest problem that the world's ever faced. And it feels like it's very hard on an individual basis to make that impact. But if someone's assessing their career and where they could go, what would you say to them? Well, I think it's important to follow your heart and, uh, and yeah, don't lose the passion. So what I really had throughout my whole career is uh, I was doing the chemistry studies. I was working in the lab, but I was working on something that I could not really see. So I wanted to have something tangible, uh, a product uh, that could really change um, uh, yeah, the, and have impact on, uh, on life, but also on the energy transition. So that's where I said, okay, I'm really going to focus on a product. And if that's in renewables, well, that would be amazing because I'm actually uh, helping the climate uh, and doing really good for the world. So I would say never forget uh, why you do things and make sure you yeah, keep on to that throughout your whole career because you can get a salary raise anywhere now. I think it's the, the war for talent is going on. Everyone is being stolen everywhere and gets uh, new positions. But it's really stay true to the heart and where you believe in uh, also for your next steps because you see people hopping a lot of jobs, especially because they can get um, higher salaries. But it's important that you don't lose uh, your own goal in it uh, and why you actually want to uh, do a certain job. I think great advice um, and a wonderful story that you've told us today. So thank you very much for sharing your experiences with us. I'm excited to see what's next for Hire and for you. And yes, I think we're actually both about to sign off and go on holiday. So um, I think that's our last message to the listeners. Don't forget to take a break. So um, thank you. <laughs> Always have a balance. It's very, very important. And it's something I think some people do forget when they feel the pressure, but it 
somehow you come back with new ideas and new vigor for for the job so yes thank you very much for joining me today for a great conversation um, and wishing you every success thanks jen